welcome to a sassy little podcast for getting over it. I'm your host, Sandra Ann Miller. Today we're talking about getting the F over ageism, and if you think you're too young for it to affect you, join the club. Our guest is the Mary Richards of Indie Rock. She's a writer, director, producer, and on-air personality. She was a DJ on KROQ, Indie1031.com, and NPR station NB89. She's been a music industry exec and consultant, and was a groundbreaker hosting, writing, directing, and producing the LA TV show, Request Video. She's currently in pre-production for a documentary about the show's effect on the Southern California scene and how the music industry changed in the late 80s and early 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, someone I literally stand for, Gia DeSantis. You're making me blush. Like, really? (laughs) Because you can see me right now. You could see I am actually red. And that's not just the tequila doing that. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. We're we're doing cocktails in the podcast right now. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are indeed. Thank you so much. I'm really, I'm incredibly honored to have been asked to be a part of this. I think it's great. I love what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you very, very much. And for those at home, I began stalking Gia when she was on, (laughs) literally stalking, um, when she was on Indie, which was the best radio station in the world, doing cocktails in the kiddie pool. And I'm still going to beg you to one day be doing it again even though I know you're off doing bigger and better things. And then I stalked you again when you were on the Reno station, NB89, the next best station to Indy. <laughs> Completely. I love that station so much. But because we can't have good things, both of them went away. Both of them went away. It's, it is corporate craziness. And um, yeah, you know, it, I, it's funny because there are only a handful of people who've reached out over the years. Like, I, you know, I, I, I'm very lucky. I get a, a, a fair amount of, um, you know, notes that are sent to me saying, oh, I used to watch you on TV or I remember this or whatever it is. There are only a handful of people I've become we'll say friends with, and you are one of them. And maybe it's because I was a VJ and you look so much like Martha Quinn. It just immediately <laughs> felt like the perfect meshing that I, um, anyway, I just, I, I have great appreciation for you and the support that you've, you've given me over these last couple of years. Well, ditto girl power and all that good stuff. But yes, I, I enjoyed our, co- our cocktails in Culver city. <laughs> Yes, those were delicious. And <laughs> snacks, don't forget snacks. The snacks are good too. <laughs> those are the days back when you could be face to face. Right. It's so quaint. But yeah, so we're talking about something that will hopefully affect us all one day because you really only get old if you're lucky. Right. I get and what you're saying. Yes, you're, you are correct. And especially right now, we're in the midst of a pandemic and, you know, creeping up on 200,000 people lost in America. And it's, it's just devastating. And I'm, I'm projecting that because we're recording this in early September. It will right. air sometime late October. And it's, so it's a luxury to grow old. It is, in indeed. Ways. But ageism is the last acceptable bias we seem to be confronting. And even though there's protections against ageism, even though there's supposed to be diversity in the workplace that should include people over the age of 40 and definitely over the age of 50, it seems to not be happening. No, 
No, the the okay boomer thing is very real. <laughs> Even though I am not a boomer, you and I were speaking leading up to this about being Gen X, um, the best generation, by the way. Um, but it is, but it is a very, very real thing. And even with the the, the fact that I work with musicians so closely with musicians and have worked with younger bands and bands that have gone on to like, you know, like incredible success. It kind of doesn't matter. I'm mm -hmm. still too old for some things in some people's minds. Which is irritating because I think for one thing, generation X, we've aged very well. Yeah, we have. Not just in how we look, but we look good. In how we are and experience things, we haven't kind of stuck to our age group so overly identifying with it that I think that's why we get lost in the shuffle a little bit because where are we? You right. know, I, we listen to music that our parents or grandparents listen to as well as what the young whippersnappers are up to these days. So. Right. We're, we're not kind of stuck in our age range until well, thank God. Should, well, yeah, right, until it shows up on our resume, <laughs> and and the the very real experience of I, actually my former assistant um, went on to work for a major like one of the biggest um, let's call it a viewing format that you can possibly have. Right. And she worked for the the big guy. And so her, um, her experience right now looking for work as a 50 year old woman who was working at Cap records with me and then went on to do these incredible things with these huge media companies she had to leave a couple of those things off of her resume as she's been searching for a new gig which by the way she just got one yay and it's yay. great and wonderful but it was it, it took a really long time for someone for the right company that and, and by the way it wasn't a media company that mm. she's working for because the media company is didn't want someone who was 50 coming in to do this. And, and I was so happy for her that she was able to get the gig and, and everything is great. But the fact that she could, that she had to leave off Capitol records and time Inc time mm -hmm. Warner off of all of this was, it was horrifying to me. And like, that really formed who you are now. Those experiences were important and that they don't count um, is, is that, that made me really sad. Well, then you have to fib to get your foot yeah. in the door. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. It was, um, funny because when the, when NV 89 went off, I'm sorry, did you just hear my little ding? Well, okay. So like heartbreaking day. It was, yeah. Um, a heartbreaking day when NV 89 went off the air, we we did not see that coming. And so I, you know, I, I do what I'm supposed to do, file for unemployment. I start sending out a gajillion resumes because you have to send out a gajillion resumes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up for me was at 
Capitol Records, it was exactly my old job. I was a product manager there. I worked with, I was on the Beastie Boys task force. I toured with Bonnie Raitt and Supergrass with Foo Fighters and did all of these in, incredible things. Oversaw the whole marketing campaign for Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy. Like just really had some great things that I was able to do when I was at Capitol. And I not only was a product manager there, aka marketing director, um, I had also done some publicity and I did music video promotion. So I've worn a few hats at the Mm -hmm. record label stuff and tour marketing. And so my old job comes up as an available gig. So of course I send it in and I create this whole resume specific to Capitol Records. Like here are all of these artists that I worked for and worked with some of whom continue to keep the lights on in the tower. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was different in the job description was, and you need to liaise with Spotify and Apple music and Pandora. It's like, you know, walk in the park. And um, yeah, they sent back a note to me telling me they were looking for someone more qualified. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I sat there and I just was like, do, am I supposed to laugh or cry at this? Because it was infuriating. Well, I think you're supposed to swear and get through the dolls. I am so, I I am so adept at swearing, (laughs) but it was, (laughs) it was the most ridiculous thing that I'd ever seen come through. And of course, you know, a friend of mine who's in HR, you can go after them for this, that, and the other, and specifically ageism. Um, But honestly, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. And I'm just going to cut to a little bit of the chase with some statistics because, you know, right now, 35% of the population is 50 or older. And I went right to the AARP source to learn that a 2018 study showed nearly one in four workers age 45 or older have been subjected to negative comments about their age from supervisors or, or coworkers. About three in five older workers have seen or experienced age discrimination in the workplace, and I think those other two just need new glasses. 76% of older workers see age discrimination as a hurdle to finding a new job, but another report found that more than half of these older workers are prematurely pushed out of long-time jobs, and 90% of them never earn as much again. Yeah, that's, that is... There is nothing about those statistics that makes me raise an eyebrow. Even with, you know, without Botox, I can raise <laughs> eyebrows. Um, there's, there's nothing about that that is surprising to me. It, well, and it's horrifying and sad. Very. And, and I'll say this. I will give one point where I sort of understand where an employer would say, hmm, someone 50 or older or 40 or older or whatever point you want to get to they're going to be more expensive. We have a skill set that has accumulated a certain salary range, certain benefits, and our health insurance is more expensive. So I get an economic aspect of that. But the thing about someone older, especially over 50. They're very focused about their work. They're getting stuff done. And not only are we working, we're teaching. So all of those skills, all of that experience, all of that knowledge that we have is being shared. So you're not just getting work out of it or out of us. You're getting teaching. 
and sharing and knowledge for the rest of your staff or whoever's like right around us. It's an added benefit. And that patience. Is, I think, Learned patience, oh, a lot which of patience. is incredibly valuable because, <laughs> you know, not going to fly off the handle so quickly. And as a girlfriend of mine and I were discussing one day, it's like it, you get to an age and it's like, you know what? You could be my company until the time for retirement. Right. You, I will be committed mm-hmm. and I will be dedicated. My kids are off and and at school, I don't have to take those times off. Like it's, it is worth it, but they aren't understanding the value in that sort of, of dedication to whatever the new gig may be. Well, and I remember starting out, you know, sometimes you were too young for a job. So you wanted to appear older. Um, they wanted somebody with more experience. And then you got to an age where I was in the room where people were being decided upon. And the concern was, well, she's at the age where she's going to want to get married and have kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's another hindrance. So for women, it's also it's sort of been an ageism thing throughout, whether we're at the age of marriage and children, or now we're getting too old, or whatever it is, there always seems to be an, an obstacle or an excuse as to why yeah. we shouldn't be considered. Did you see this last week? There was something in the news. And again, we're recording this, you know, almost two months before this thing. But there was something in the news this last week. And it was um, one of our beloved politicians who would yell and scream at the women on staff, like senior women on staff, telling them, well, okay, you take notes for this meeting mm-hmm. and, and, and immediately relegating them to being the taskmasters because clearly their brains weren't enough to add to whatever very important decision was being bungled because no decisions of late have been made in, in good faith with this. I'm just, you know, that's me. I'm just going to say it. I'm a lefty. It. Um, it's been, it's, it, it's been awful. And I was, and I was so angry about it. And I was thinking about it. I thought, Oh my God, that's right. When I was really young, I was, I was 19 when I started working at the TV station and my boss was, I, I, I loved him. He was a, a really good, kind and wonderful man. Um, but he was also, uh, very old school. I, I got married and it was a very short lived, really stupid marriage when I was 22. And I worked, we, he and I worked at the TV station together. And my boss would hand him my paycheck each week. He handed no. him my paycheck. It wasn't me, it is an independent person. And I would go in there and say, Hey, I need this. And then the ex husband, whom, by the way, He's a lovely man. He's, you know, successfully does his whole thing, and and we are are friends. But he would then take it and deposit my check into an account. By the way, found out there was a secret account, um, and then give me an allowance each week. Oh, so my boss my and the God. husband were in, we're in cahoots. In cahoots, and created the situation where I and it was like dumb. It was you know it was it was in the eighties and. I don't know, maybe he gave me $25 a week or some bullshit amount. Mm-hmm. And that was also like put gas in the Honda with that too. It was, sorry, I swore. Um, it was, we, we totally fucking swear here, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, 
You're totally fine. So happy. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it, it was just one of those things that it didn't occur to me until I was away from it. How awful that was. Like, how dare you? How illegal that was. Yeah, well... They also, that was also, you know, a place where I worked. They called me in um, to a closed door meeting and asked me if there was any chance I was Hispanic because the EEOC numbers hadn't been met. And they wanted to know if there was like some sort of a, you know, a bloodline there for me where I was Spanish or Mexican because my name was exotic enough to be that. It, it was, <sighs> it, 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 the 80s were weird, right? Um but it, it took a while for me to be removed from it. I think I was just shell-shocked by the whole thing. But I also, I was telling my daughter about this. I have a tw- an almost 23-year-old daughter, which blows my mind. So smart and good and really just making the world a better place. And we were having you know, this discussion about how my mom, and my mom left my dad back in the you know, 80s. Well, I guess, no, it was the 70s. Um, it had only been a few years that women could get credit cards without their husband signing off on it, right? right? So, you know, we've come a long way, baby, but it, but, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. And we've had these experiences that are valuable to help with coming into a new job and mentoring the younger people, whether it's male or female, right. but saying like, look, you know what? i jumped through some fiery fucking hoops for you before you were born and I will continue to fight for you. Let's, you know, let's do this thing. And it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's shocking and it's offensive and I hate to break it to millennials, but you're right there, baby. This is, this is kind of coming at you. And the funny thing is, you know, when you look at like tech or entertainment, it's so youth focused, but the people running it aren't exactly youthful. No. But the discrimination that is fostered there is just, you know, shocking. It is. And how it hasn't gone beyond. I mean, finally, Harvey Weinstein got nabbed, but the rest of it, because you can't really whistle blow if you want to keep your career in that industry. No, whistles aren't what you blow for some people in that <laughs> industry if you want to keep your job. There's that. Well, hopefully that's changing now that he's in jail. I think it's changing. I think it is for some. I know, I'll, I'll drink to that changing. We're drinking to that. It's, it's very hard. I mean, I noticed as an assistant that, well, I, I've tried to leave entertainment more than once. I'm out now. Um, I used to joke that it was like that Al Pacino line in Godfather 3. Every time you think you're out, they pull you back in. Right. And so I had a little in and out period with it. But when I was looking for work and when it was time to like kind of get serious and go back and get a real job, um, when I was in my mid to late 30s, all of the jobs that I used to be sent out for, whether I got them or not, I usually always got the interview, but I noticed that those were drying up because who wanted an assistant that was older than them? Because most of the jobs were for young starlets or musicians or right. whatever. And, you know, it's, and even with those that are older, your assistant can kind of be like um, an accessory 
Oh, I was, I'm yeah. so glad you said that because I was <laughs> going to say that because it really can be the extension of you, it, mm-hmm. especially in a media situation mm-hmm. where all the beautiful people are running around and you're cool. Well, you, the, it, it's part of that, the, the whole imaging thing. Hell, I was a marketing executive. I know what an image needs to be like, but I also want to get shit done. Right. So it it kind of didn't matter. Well, and it, and it shouldn't. But the fact that, you know, you have to hide your age on your resume so you can even get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. And then you hope that once your foot is in the door, that it won't be held against you for being somebody that has knowledge and experience and wants to be there and wants to do the job and wants to get the work done. Right. Not, it, it, and who isn't, you know, flirting with the guy in the next department all the time. Although, you know, who says that can't happen? It, it's, <laughs> it, it, there was a, um, I was at a, a radio conference, before, you know, had the pandemic not happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually would have, gone to this conference again this year, even without being at the NPR music station. And anyway, there was a, a, a panel and it was a panel of women and it was me too part two. It was to follow up and to see what in our particular genres, um, in the formats, uh, at the labels and at the radio stations, if anything had changed in the year prior, all the discussions and the um, suggestions that had been made for change, so on and so forth. And there was a, a, you know, a great group of women up there. One was a, an artist whose song was doing really well at the format. And then there was a, a record uh, label executive, two record label executives, two radio people, music directors at radio stations and, and this artist. And so they were talking about diversity and play more women. I I don't know if people are aware that there has been an unspoken law in radio that you can't play two female voices back to back on the radio. You don't play two women together. Right. And then and and you certainly don't have DJs who are female who go into another female voice in the next you know block of time that the DJs are on the air. So we're talking about all of this stuff and Ryan Adams had just recently been canned for doing all of the horrible things he'd done specifically um, to Phoebe Bridgers mm-hmm. and then the stories had been coming out with Mandy Moore. If you, for anybody who doesn't know, Ryan was working with Phoebe Bridgers, who's doing so well right now. Yes. And was um, because she was not going to sort of play along with his like relationship games he threw all of that away and he belittled Mandy Moore's ability to write songs. She was just going to be a performer. And then he got caught sexting with a much too young woman. And so there was an all hands on deck. We all pulled Ryan Adams off of the airwaves. And so as we're discussing this whole thing and we're talking about that as part of this me too situation, 
I'm, you know, I'm standing in the back and I, and I am not dressed at, like I, I'm normally, you know, all in black all the time because I'm Italian and that's what Italian women do. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I'm wearing a striped shirt this day. So it's not like I was blending into the sea of music people all wearing their, you know, faux ACDC t-shirts they got at Target. And <laughs> I got, so I'm, I'm standing there with my arm up and a, a very, very well-known female DJ in the Los Angeles market. She was called on, but she was also standing next to the boss of mm-hmm. one of the people. And I, they never called on me. And, and they kept talking about diversity and you need to play more women. It's okay if you play women back to back, which by the way, my coworker, who was the program director, Milena Curtin, she's amazing. Um, she was program director at NB89 and I was the music director. So we got to make all the decisions. And I will tell you, there were back to back women every hour, all the time. All the time. And so I, you know, I was going to say, look, you can play women more than twice an hour. Um, you can also, uh, there, there was that. I also wanted them to say Nevada properly because they could say Nevada. <laughs> um, there was uh, this whole like situation where I was trying to tell them, well, you were pulling Ryan Adams off and you were replacing him with another male who was going to be similar. Say it was like you know, Craig Finn from Hold Steady. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why at our station, we put Phoebe Bridgers in every slot that he had been pulled out of. It's like, F you we're going to give her the royalties for the airplay. So you can like, there were creative ways of thinking about doing this. And anyway, they never called on me and someone came up to me. The only people they called on were millennials and two men. And those two men were the bosses of Mm -hmm. the two women who were two of the women who were up there. And they kept saying, we need diversity. You need to play play LGBTQ Mm -hmm. um, artists. Uh, You need to play women of color and you need to play women. Like it kept being that conversation. And I, I was standing there just like, you guys can, I just tell you like maybe play, but pay attention to the women. Oh, I know what the other thing was is um, there's the, the, the chick shift is what it's called in mm. radio is, and that's between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. is that's a safe place for women to be on the air. So if you're in an office or the dentist's office or whatever, and there's like a voice on the radio very frequently between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., it's the chick shift. You're going to hear a female voice. So of course we put a guy on in that shift at our radio <laughs> station and he's great. And um, anyway, I, so after this whole thing, somebody came up to me and they said, they didn't call on you because you're not a millennial. And I stood there kind of shaking my head. I was like, yeah. And as they were discussing diversity, I wanted to say, you need to pay attention to women of a certain age because girls and boys out here in radio land, it's like me and these other people who are standing over here on the side who you're ignoring. Mm -hmm. Like it was me who was hanging out in the backyard when Beck was first starting and doing his stuff. It was me who was in the, you called into the meetings to help get spoons signed to the label. It was like, we were there as things were changing and we don't want to step on you. We want to like grab you by the hand and pull you up and help you. Mm-hmm. But you're also fucking threatened that you, it's got to stop. It has to stop. We have to work together because really good things can happen for you. 
if you don't look at us as like the older person off to the side who's trying to get attention because she wore a striped shirt today. (laughs) Or the enemy or the holder back of progress. Oh, yeah. I don't want their job. No. I don't want their job. I, I, I did that. I, I did that. Well, you probably made it easier for them to do their, their job. I'd like to think so. I mean, when I spoke to other friends about it, we, and so what we did, actually, there was a group of us who approached the organizer of this particular event. And like next year, when you do Me Too Part 3 and you mm-hmm. want to talk about diversity, why don't you do part of that with the women who are of a certain age who paved the way? Because we really, truly, and honestly paved the way. We took it on the chin. We t- took one for the team all the time and stood up and said, yeah, no, we're not going to do this. And we also worked our asses off before we asked for a VP title because everybody wants their VP stripes after you know 18 months. Right. And for less pay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I'm, I, I, that was, that was such a crazy experience. So to go from that and then this, you know, Capitol records resume thing right afterwards, it was, I was totally feeling my age at that moment. And then it became, well, God, now I, I have got to figure out my own thing, like make my own thing happen Mm -hmm. because I am so tired of relying on somebody else or someone telling me that I am, they want better qualifications when the person who is running the department doesn't have the qualifications that we've had. It is, it goes even beyond qualifications. It's experience and knowledge and having been there and done that and can explain it to you forwards and backwards and also help you see where it could be improved or made more efficient or whatever. It's, it, it's always so ridiculous to me when it's just, you know, like, so I'll go to something really stupid. When I was, um, when I hit the skids in 2009 and I was looking for work and I was going to restaurants, I was the best waitress in college. Like so easy. I would be told, Oh, well, you don't know the POS system. Well, I have an iPhone. And I'll never be able to learn. I have an iPhone and a degree with three letters (laughs) in it. I think at some point it will click for me. Like, I'm not really worried about learning this newfangled technology. I'll leave my abacus at home. Right, right, right. You know, just this once. And does anybody out there under the age of 30 know what an abacus is? I, I don't know. I would, what I would love is do they like, I, I, I'm, I'm picturing you with one of the belts, like the coin belt thing, where it's like <laughs> click, click, click. In my roller skates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. But it was so funny because, you know, I wasn't that old then and I really wanted the work. And at that point, I didn't necessarily want a desk job or a nine to five job because I was working on not just my books, but getting a few screenplays made into movies. So I wanted that creative time. I made certain choices to kind of alter my career path to spend more time being creative and also needing to pay bills. And, but to not be given that opportunity because I don't know something that is so basic and will take you what, five minutes to learn. Yeah. It's it's like, thank you. It, if if a little kid 
can sit there and play on an iPad who's, you know, two and a half because a parent is too busy or occupied, whatever is happening. Right. The kid can learn how to like shuffle some letters around to spell cat to move on to the next screen. Then I'm pretty sure a point of sale system is, I, I, I absolutely get what you're saying. It's like, well, you, you don't know the system and you're right. I can never learn. Right. And, and I'm not even like when I said, you know, like anyone under 30 knowing what abacus is, certain things are just obsolete and I don't know if they're being taught in schools. So I, I get it. I'm not being ageist myself. It's just so offensive on so many levels that you're suddenly no longer needed, completely obsolete yourself because you've crossed over 35 or 40 or 50 or whatever, and that you really don't have anything to contribute that's worthwhile because it's all about the youngsters. And guess what? It's not. And we were youngsters once too, and you're not that young anymore. And you're only going to get older if you're lucky. And then you're going to be sitting in this position as well going, holy shit, I might lose my job to someone 20 years younger than me. And then where do I go? Right. And doing it without a, um, a sense of desperation <laughs> is, <laughs> is, is incredibly helpful. When you and I were speaking last week, as we're, was it last week? I can't remember. Everything's a blur right, right now. Yeah. Um, it might you know, have been Monday. Setting this up. It, right. It's just, when you and I were speaking last week about setting this up, one of the things we were talking about was, um, you know, being younger in our minds than mm-hmm. we are on paper to other people yeah <laughs> and the the I, I was telling you that there was a like you know some funny article that was written that there was a woman who uh wants to be the cool aunt who like walks into some family event where their nieces and nephews little cousins and you know and I, for me i'd probably be wearing like a radiohead or pj harvey t-shirt or something and and but you in this article, it was like, I've got on the black flag shirt. I walk in, I'm going to have this conversation with them because I'm cool and I'm young. And they're just looking at you like, no, you are weird and you are desperate. And then I want to prove it to them and say, okay, well, tell me what the very first line of Patti Smith's first album was ever. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Um, and, and, and like trying to prove to this, like, this younger group of people like, Hey, I still, you know, I still what's going on. I, I, I'm still cool. I, I got this down and not really fitting in with the demographic that we're, you know, using air quotes supposed to be spending our time with. Cause those people are boring. as So I just, I, I, I'd rather hang out with the 18 year olds, even though they don't want Auntie Gia hanging out with them necessarily. I'm going to fix that. <laughs> well, and, you know, and I think in that conversation, I, w- I was joking as well, but it's not a joke. I'm the broad in the ballet flats, right in the pit at Nine Inch Nails, ready to correct you. Yes. You know, it's like, I- I'm not done yet. And as long as Trent's going to be up there making the music, I'm going to be as close to the stage as possible, getting into a little bit of trouble right right there with it. Because if if the musicians can be up there, I mean, how old are the Rolling Stones at this point? I, I, I stopped counting. <laughs> it, is, it is so remarkable to me. I, it, I, I cannot believe 
that Mick Jagger, that any of them are able to do Keith what Richards. it is. That they I think if do. we're looking for a vaccine, we've got to like look at Keith Richards' DNA because right, exactly. he's survived everything. Donate some plasma, dude, because we've got some <laughs> stuff we have to do. And the, another thing that you and I talked about, I told you a story, a girlfriend of mine, I love and adore and, and, you know, I stand her as well. She's in, um, been in the music business forever. Like, we know of Nirvana on a scale that we know of Nirvana, not in a Buddhist sense, um, it, because of what this woman did. Like, she's just incredible. And so every year, she reposts something on Facebook that is like the most brilliant thing in the world to me. And she's come to dedicate it to me each year. And it, <laughs> it goes a little something like this. It's like, you know, to you, young woman standing at the front of the stage, staring up at the guitar player, I'm just the old woman trying to cool off in the air conditioning at Coachella when in fact I used to fuck that guy. <laughs> and it was like, the, like, yeah, that, that's pretty, that kind of speaks to me. It's like, oh yeah, that, that man you're fawning over and you're like, like, he was my boyfriend for two years. Like, I kind of maybe know a little something, which is just dumb and ridiculous but it was but it, honest it, it is the and funniest thing. real yeah oh yeah like I was I was somebody too well and it's the way that we have to kind of ignore aging and we do it we do it with fillers and Botox and lotions and everything else and trust me I get it right. but I'll go back to saying it's it's a blessing to grow old and it should be embraced to some level and you should be embracing the people around you who are also fortunate enough to be aging because not only are we kind of still carving out the path for you we still have something to contribute there's a, a ton to contribute and 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 we haven't aged out of that in any way, shape, or form. We'll never age out of that. That is um, my, my, I guess I'll call her my grandmother-in-law. Um, she's 102. She's wow. going to be 100. She lives on her own. Wow. Sharp as a tack. And my daughter, whom I mentioned earlier, and my son too, I have a 20-year-old son, they talk to her. They call her and they check in with her and they try to get her to tell stories. Like we've taught them to revere what it is she has to offer. And, and she, I believe, is she still has the youngest spirit to her. And she is sharp as a tack because she didn't buy into the fact of, oh, I need to be more mature right now. I, I've been told, like when I was in my 40s, I by someone close to me, it's like, well, I've aged out of that. I'm like, really? Because it just you aged out of saying fuck. What is the matter with you? <laughs> that is horrible. That's ridiculous. And and which is really what the, what the topic of that conversation was. But I am, um, I am a. Uh, I'm not going to say victim because I'm certainly not that. But I have been the recipient of like, oh, you know you're going out in that like yeah I am indeed did I you know my I, it's not like my boobs are hanging out yes I'm going out in again going back to like the Patty Smith t-shirt yeah why wouldn't I go out in that like it's what do you want me to do I could go I guess over to Jay Jill and, and pick up some Laura my, Ashley yeah exactly <laughs> 
but I, but let me just kind of, you know, do my thing. Cause I think that I'm like, I've raised a couple of good citizens and, and mm-hmm. I'm a nice person and I'm not going to screw anything up because I said the F word and wore a rock band t-shirt. Well, and it's, it's how society wants to corner us into what we're supposed to be at every avenue of our lives. And, you know, you have to fit into these norms. Yeah, but or, who made those? That's the thing is who made the norms? That, I want to talk That's to them. That's who made it. Boring white men. Have you read or listened to the Glennon Doyle book, Untamed? No. It is, um, it, you know, it's like every woman who's like, you know, in her 40s and 50s seems to be listening or reading this book. And I, I so I'm listening to it right now. Um, I've been you know, going on my walks and listening to it. And then I find actually that I'm walking a little bit longer because I'm like, oh my God, she wrote that you know, bit specifically for me. But it is very much she stayed in a marriage because she was doing it for her kids. And Mm that's what people told her. You need to do this. He's a good dad. He's not abusive. He's this, he's that you you stay in this marriage and then you go and you, you dress a certain way and you participate in a certain thing and you volunteer for the bake sale. Like there, there's all of the stuff that is really expected of women. And, what happens if you didn't have those, if, if you were untamed, essentially, and I haven't finished the book yet, but I, I can say, if you're feeling like you're a little bit lost, and, and you want to feel empowered again, and, and, and sort of break away from what society has told you to be, highly recommend it. Um, to the point where it can be scary, sometimes, because you think, oh, God, I've, completely fallen into this and you know I went from working these amazing jobs to moving to a different state in a city where it was very very different from my life that I was accustomed to and I like I I decided okay well I have to wear the mom uniform now and I literally went to the gap and I bought khaki pants and a white t-shirt because that's what the mommies at Jimbury were wearing and I was trying to do my very best because I wanted to not be scary so that the other mommies would want to spend some time with me so I could make some friends and their kids could play with my kids you know and they didn't Mm -hmm. think I was a freak and that only worked to a certain degree, <laughs> but it, but I was also, I was in such a depression because I was accustomed to being this, this person who had a great job. And I traveled all the time and I had town cars picking me up and I had this incredible assistant who would help me through the days where I was like, ah, oh, Jeff, I don't know what to do. And it, it was like all of these things. And it came to a screeching halt mm-hmm. and then I you know, dove in and I did development for as development director for a private school, raised well over a million dollars for the school during my time in that job. It was, you know, it was good, but it, it, you know, I still had to tamp down. Turns out they don't like you swearing when you're around a bunch of elementary school students. So there's that. <laughs> and, but that gap in my resume for from the time that I left my label gig, then, you know, I got my kids into school and I was working at the school. 
it negated even the things I did. And I did special events there. I did a ton of stuff. I ended up being a substitute teacher. I did all of this stuff. And none of that now matters for what it is that I would want to do today. That All of that's been negated too. Like, oh, you, you went the mommy route. Another, yeah. another insult for women. Yeah. Yeah. Like my body was built to fucking do that. And I did it and I did it without any sort of pain medication. So fuck you. I would like to see you pull that out of your vagina as it were. And, and, you know, then you can run with me. Yeah. When you, when you pass a bowling ball through your urethra, come talk to me. Oh my God. Number one. To the men, I'm saying that too. That's, to that's how well, they yeah. But also my daughter, I remember because my, my daughter's older than my son. And so one day she asked me you know, how it was that she you know, came to be. And I, just, I stood, it was right as we're going out the back door to head off to school or something. And I stood there and I said, I am not ready to explain that to you, but I can tell you that when your brother came into the world, they cut me in half and took him out. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it anymore. But, but, but those, those things like that is when I worked at Warner Brothers, a woman who ran the music video department, she, it was, you know, a particularly difficult day with one of the bands who's an artist who's really, really, really well known to all of us. And she said to me, do you want to have kids someday? And I said, yeah, you know, I do. And she said, you have never had better training than what you're going through right now because working (laughs) with rock stars and drug addicts is the perfect training to having toddlers. And honestly, it is, it was the truth. I had the most patience that I could possibly muster because I had worked in these corporate settings with rock stars and drug addicts and, and it, it, is lost on some of the other parents, but um, yeah, I, I really, I, I, as I've been away from trying to get a new job, like a conventional job, I'm actually relieved now that I've kind of found comfort in, all right, I can, I can do my own thing. Like I, I know what I'm good at. I know what I never want to do again. Mm-hmm. I never want to do a spreadsheet as long as I live. So let's just take <laughs> all of those off of the table. Cause I'm allowed to do that now. I'm 55 years old. If I don't want to do a spreadsheet, I'm not going to do a fucking spreadsheet. Boom. Amen. Yeah. Well, and that's what it comes down to is, is once you get to this point in your career where you have, matured to a certain level, the job market shrinks, your Mm -hmm. ability to earn shrinks, and then you have to be the creative one to go out and figure out how you can carve out a niche and survive. And it's all on you at that point. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I just need backup spreadsheets for a second. Sure. I have so much admiration for anyone who understands Excel. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I think that that is such a, 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 a magical piece of software, but it is very different from learning point of sale to me. <laughs> and I, and I, I, and that is, that is why I was just like, yeah, I, I know where my, my tolerance is. My brain isn't that. So I, I do not want anybody who understands Excel and spreadsheets. I can read a spreadsheet like there's no tomorrow, but to create one doesn't work well for anybody. And at least, and, and I can recognize that I can walk into a room and just say, I'll do all of this, but 
who do we work with to make sure that part of it's done? Because that's I, no nobody wins if I'm that person. It's, it's a, and it's if a by the way, it, well, and if that's the deal breaker for something, then that's not the right place for me. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a special hell. I finally have learned enough to make Excel my friend, but I still hate it, and I that reserve is. that right to hate it. Yeah, I, think, I think I think when you're loves it. But I think it's like when you're creative, it's it's just so against the grain of your creative brain that it hurts. Mm-hmm. It literally causes pain. Oh yeah. It's it is it is awful to me. And I can do the most rudimentary, like, all right, do this, I'll move over to the next cell and do this and I do this. Like I gotta back that out. Oh shit, now I've got 17 cells where there were only three before. Like there there was there was a, a lot of that, but there's um another DJ in LA who is just totally kick ass and I love her so much. And she and I were having a discussion about being women of a certain age and 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 um we've actually joked about doing a podcast about them. Like they say, well, what about them? Like, who are they? Who are them? And, and when it came down to it, we decided what we're really good at is hosting and going to parties. And that's what we should be doing. (laughs) Not hosting parties, hosting radio and television, and then going to parties. And those are the jobs that we now like are best suited for at our advanced ages. But, um, you know, all kidding aside, there's women our age, we're viable, we are smart, and we're funny. And a lot of us have patience, the, the patience of saints, because we've either worked with rock stars and drug addicts, or we have been able to stand back and watch the toddler throw the tantrum, collect themselves and say, okay, what would you like to do now? Because that is, that is really effective. I, I actually worked with someone once who was just like, he, he, of course it was a he, with like losing his mind and always going crazy and yelling for the sake of yelling. And I finally learned to just stand there and watch him have a tantrum and then say, what words would you like me to say now? They're going to help make this better. And then it would totally throw him for a loop because he was so used to that pushback of somebody saying, you know, why are you yelling at me? And I would just let him get it out of the system. Mm-hmm. This is what words do you need to hear right now to make this better? And it, and it would shock him into submission. So yeah, I worked for him, but did I really work for him? Cause he would succumb. Ha, kick that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's the wisdom that comes with age mm-hmm. and experience that is being ignored and not right. utilized to the benefit of your company and the progress that you want to make. It, it, it just seems so ridiculous to me that the door shuts. Yeah. It's been, it doesn't just shut. Sometimes it's just slammed. Well, it's definitely slammed, locked, bolted. But the idea that I never think of myself as my age mm-hmm. until it, I, in fact, I never did think of myself as like being of a certain age, really just always like, oh yeah, I'm old enough to know better. Or I've been there. I have done that. Or I already know what that tastes like or what that feels like. I don't <laughs> need to do that again. Like there was, you know, there's that kind of stuff that comes with it, but it wasn't until this 
round this past year mm-hmm. and that stupid capital records we are looking for someone more qualified with more experience for this i was just like you this what fresh hell am i living in and then finding out from my friends like oh yeah oh yeah you haven't had to worry about this for a while we're all going through that it's horrible and to go back to the age discrimination employment act of 1967 Mm. that protects workers 40 and over. So it's been around a long, a long, long time. That's cute. Isn't it? It's very quaint. But here's kind of the zinger. Even if you were discriminated against because of your age and you can prove it, so what? Because all you can get if you win your case is back pay and attorney's fees. There is no pain and suffering. There are no damages, just wages and attorney's fees. So at best, you're a break even at best. God, that's frustrating. I had no idea. Neither did I until I looked this up. Fucking Google. Fucking Google. Dr. Google. Dr. Google has sent me to my death so many times, but this, this is informative. (laughs) But there's nothing punitive. Right. So it's not going to stop if they can't be fully punished for what they've done then, well, what's the worst? We've got to give them a few months pay, pay yeah. their attorney's fees. So the attorneys make off with bank. Right. You, you get made almost even, and then you're still at zero. I wonder if and when there is a woman truly in charge. And there are, I, I, the state I live in, I live in Nevada, and we have majority female legislature. And you would be amazed at how much stuff gets done in the Mm -hmm. state of Nevada. It's magnificent. And so I, you know, I dream a little dream that that could happen on a national level, that there will be things like the fact that there, you know, a pink tax has just been, you know, finally nobody is going to be taxed, at least in our state for their feminine products. That to me is a huge that is a huge deal or, or, you know, seniors who need it for to wear adult diapers. Mm -hmm. Finally, there's no tax on that, but it took a whole bunch of women to come in and say, this is the most basic, the most basic needs. Let's, let's just work through that. So can you imagine if it, that kind of thing continues and on a national level, that things like this, like that there's no punitive damages and maybe sometimes they're, Clearly, I'm certain that there are times where it wouldn't necessarily be necessary, but that you don't have the option to say, you know what, and just like bankroll me, like the the, the law says we need, you know, 90 more days of pay to help through this gap time or six mm-hmm. months of pay. Where Where is the huge harm in making sure something is fair and equitable? Well, that's just it. But then you look at, Elizabeth Warren's campaign. She's too old. Right. And it's like, are you kidding me? The men running, well, one of them can't even run physically. Right. right. <laughs> the stumbler. Um, or hold a glass of water or, or right. apply bronzer correctly. The list right. goes on. Um, so you can't win because either you're too young as a woman, you're not experienced enough, or you're too old, go bake cookies for your grandchildren. Yep. You know, there, there's sort of no ways to, no way to win. So when it comes to age, 
it does affect everybody. Men are affected by this as well. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I know men who are really struggling right now. And I, and I, and you know, obviously we're women talking about women at this point, but I, I do not discount what my male counterparts mm-hmm. are going through at all. I hate it for them. And it's hard. We've just been dealing with it pretty much from you're too young, honey mm-hmm. to or a cupcake. Oh yes. I got cupcake cream puffs ones too. That was good. <laughs> And I'm guilty of the sweetheart, so I, I can't, you know, totally bag on that. But yeah, it's like nobody knows your name because you're always a confection. Right. Or confection. I've been so many confections in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But yeah, you, your name isn't known because you can always be called honey. You either don't have enough experience or too much. Or even when you have too much, it's it's not enough, especially right. in your case. It, it's just crazy making. And the fact that diversity is so important. And we're right now we're talking about, you know, people of color having fair access and equitable pay and all of that, super important. So imagine if you're a person of color and older. Oh, forget it. You know, it, so it to not consider age when you're creating your diversity plan is incredibly, incredibly harmful and just arrogant, offensive, and dumb. All of the above. Yeah. There's a lot I had to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't pick an adjective. I used them all. Yeah, and and still there aren't enough. It's been a um, it, it is it is frustrating for men and women, and and just looking around at all of this. I look at my daughter and what her expectations for herself are at her very young age, and and I want it all for her and my mm-hmm. son. He is so, he has a, a girlfriend who is just as lovely as can be. And, and the, the respect he has for his sister and for his girlfriend, I, I'm, there is nothing about what he's doing in the future that has me thinking that, okay, I'm going to have to sit with him and make sure that he understands that women, you know, that it needs to be fair and equitable for both genders for all genders even non-gender conforming it, right. it that is you know that the gap in my resume as it were that was the time where i got to teach them mm-hmm. to not be racist not be sexist do good and do well and and that i think for women and men who've stayed home to raise their kids for, you know, taken the, the time out in their professional lives, that that has to count for something. That has yes. to count for something. Well, and that it, that it reflects negatively. You're a responsible human being. Right. You did what you needed to do and you did a good job at it. The idea that you don't know what's gone on in that time that you weren't paying attention to your industry or the world mm. is laughable. Yeah. I only read good night moon, right. And <laughs> sleepy little bunny. 
like there was no option for me to learn anything else or keep up with anything else or that I wasn't surrounded with people who all of a sudden started saying things like onboarding and offboarding and, you know, circling back, like what the, where, okay, that I could have done without, but it, thank God it's not part of my everyday vernacular, but it's, um, unless I'm shaming someone, um, it is, there is the notion that really all we did was change diapers and go to play dates is, is the most absurd thing in the world to me. It's infuriating actually. Now I'm all riled up. Oh, you know, that's, (laughs) that's, that's sort of what this show does sometimes. God damn it. (laughs) But thank you so much for talking about this because it is a little bit of a touchy subject. It's a little bit embarrassing on some level. I, I, I think not necessarily, it shouldn't be, but it shouldn't be. I, I understand what you're saying because it can be. It's like, oh, God, I'm too old for that. But honestly, it's. Well, even admitting your age, how many people want to sit there and say, I'm 51? You know, yeah, it's, I, I, I earned this stuff. I earned everything. I earned those scars and, and couldn't walk into them when I, 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 I literally stopped an argument with a family member who thought he was, you know, getting a gotcha. And I finally looked at him and said, I gave birth without drugs. So, and worked with rock stars and drug addicts. Nothing you say matters to me right now. There's <laughs> nothing you say frightens me. That's it. And, and he, and it really, like, he just sat there like, what, what just happened? He's also a crazy conspiracy theorist, so whatever. But go. it's, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, finally coming to real terms with like, okay, I, I did this. And honestly, part of it has been working on my resume, stepping back, looking at it and saying that that's pretty good. And if somebody isn't recognizing it, then shame on them. To hell with them. Twice. And, and, no hand car- and karma is just around the corner. It is. It if is. you're lucky, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone, you can find Gia on Twitter at OMG, it's Gia, or Facebook at Gia DeSantis TV. You can read her contributions in the books Crime and Punkishment and For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, 25 Years of Paul's Boutique. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this sassy little podcast, please subscribe to it, rate it and review it, and tell your friends about it. To contribute to the podcast and help keep it ad-free, consider becoming a member of the community at sassylittlepodcast.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>